Warning, you are about to listen to the masters of the obvious. But to be honest, they aren't masters of shit. It's just my mom and her dumbass friend. So if you like interviews, nerdy stuff, and bad puns, you're going to want to listen to this. And welcome to the eighth episode of Masters of the Obvious. I'm Kirsten Bozio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On today's pod, we have an interview with toy designer Linda Jung. We talk about the first ever gender neutral doll line, Creatable World, and pro wrestling. And Kirsten and I discuss nerd news, new comic releases, and our unpopular opinions. But first, we'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have a ton of merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod and take advantage of free shipping in the United States, well, we really appreciate you. And hey, your body is made up of 70% water, which accounts for why I'm so thirsty. You can check that out and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. You didn't mean to sound like Zoidberg there. (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't listen to real news. So let's give you some nerd news. Oh, okay. I thought you were referring to me listening to fake news. (laughs) Cynthia watches Fox News, everybody. You heard it here first. (laughs) Just... Just the ONN network. Is that what it's called? Oprah's network? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what are you talking about? Is it OAN? I don't know. Sorry. The 700 Club. <laughs> All I watch is the 700 Club. And I hate that I opened up my phone to look at, to look it up. And it's just a picture of my ex because I Googled him. <laughs> <laughs> Keep us all in the show. Oh, no. Gross. Yeah, that's all really funny and relatable. I don't want people to know I Googled my ex for shits and giggles. my ex. There'd be no results because they're all losers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's nerd news to be talked about. My ex is not news. Hey, Cynthia. Yeah. Check my pocket. What? (laughs) Come on. Stick your hand in my pocket. No. <laughs> Fair enough. You wouldn't be able to grab it anyway. It's more of a concept than an actual object, and that is nerd news. Ooh, bust it out next time, please. <laughs> put your hand in my pocket. So I don't know if you heard about this one, mm. but in a recent Instagram post, one of James Gunn's followers accused the WB of forcing Harley Quinn into the Suicide Squad. What? And saying things like, oh, God, you must be a little pissed about it. But James Gunn, of course, wasn't having any of it. And he said, get the fuck out. She's probably my favorite DC character. And Margot Robbie is probably the best actor I've ever worked with, bar none. Good for him. Also, but why are we still talking about this? The trolls are going to try and elicit a response. Really, that's the only. And they got one. But like she was clearly the best part of the first Suicide Squad and the only one out of them who elicited their own movie. You know what? People are going to be upset that the feminists are taking over. I was really upset to see uh, a woman in Wonder Woman, personally. I know. How (laughs) dare they put a lead lady in Wonder Woman? I wish these were Shakespeare days and men played women. There's what there's a there's a movie coming out that you're pretty excited about. Is there? 
Yeah. <laughs> Vampires versus the Bronx. Yes. Uh, a friend of mine sent me the trailer for Vampires versus the Bronx and it looks so good. Like it's actually like something I could like stream with my kid and I think that he would really love it. Yeah. It's got uh, Kid Marrow in it and it's got Method Man and it's out yes. October 2nd on Netflix and it looks really fun. I had two takeaways from it. One was that it reminded me of the character Gunn from the series Angel, mm-hmm. who we meet him in the series because he is a young black man living in a rough neighborhood that's not really policed very well. And so he started like a ragtag gang of vampire killers. And I was like, yeah, it's it's definitely that kind of vibe. Meets like maybe Lost Boys bringing in like the kids Meets like uh, just a regular movie about the gentrification of New York City. Yes, but like creatively. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Also, there was like a quote from it where it's like, once you see a white woman with a canvas tote, you know it's all over. (laughs) Also, I love that 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 had vampire and they're like, well, what do you do for a living? And he's like, I'm in real estate. (laughs) So good. So good. Yeah. If you like like narratives like that, I don't know how many times I'm going to mention it, but the Harley Quinn Breaking Glass series has Joker's family being gentrifiers, real estate junk gentrifiers. I would love a nice twist that they were actually vampires this whole time. Ooh. But I wanted to sidebar when I mentioned Gunn from Angel. You you had you were confused because you thought I was talking about James Gunn. And lo and behold, the character is actually named after James and Sean Gunn. Saucy. Did you see the uh the Hellstrom trailer? I didn't see it. It was really good, like evil, spooky, horror. And I do tend to like those less talked about Marvel series like Cloak and Dagger and Legion. I think I'm going to like this one. It looks really good. It premieres October 16th. I'm excited. That does sound good. It definitely sounds better than what they did to one of my favorite Marvel characters. What's that? Morbius, the vampire. (laughs) They cast Jared Leto. (laughs) They got to stop. Just stop Why casting Jared that? Leto. Please leave that man alone. Leave him on his island with his followers. The Mars Island. He can just have that. He loves it. He loves people call it worshiping him. He can just be there and he never has to do another movie and we'll all be better for it. I just, I like to replay that scene from American Psycho and the one from Fight Club. The one from Fight Club is a good one to replay. He gets literally murdered in American Psycho though. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's Batman versus Joker. Oh, man. Holy shit. Why did I just now connect those dots? So we got a, a Craft Legacy trailer. I'm actually pretty stoked about it. It does look good. And I I thought it was going to be a reboot, but it looks like it's going to be a continuation of the story because we got to see a Polaroid of Nancy. Nancy Downs. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a sequel. They did confirm that it was a sequel. I like that it's not a reboot. Yeah, me too. I'm tired of the same old story. It's got. It definitely has like the Sabrina TV show vibes to it. I like that it's updated. I like the cast. I there were a few members of the original. No, just one. One member of the original cast. Who was it? Uh, gosh, now I forget her name because she's so not memorable. Robin something. Oh, yep, Turney something. Honey. Yeah, she's mm. a hard boiled egg of an actress. Yikes. But we were just talking about how she very nearly, well, her wig very nearly ruined the original craft. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. Her, her wig she, had more she, personality than she did. Her, she did. It did command a lot of attention. 
Yeah, but wasn't it because she shaved her head in Empire Records why she needed her wig to begin with? I mean, that makes sense. Also, can't watch Empire Records. I know that's an unpopular opinion. But that's I can't, very unpopular. I can't. She bothers me so much. I can't. They want her to play the sarcastic loner character like Daria or Aubrey Plaza. It just doesn't work for her. It doesn't work. And I love Ethan Embry. Can't Hardly Wait is one of my favorite movies. And so I want to watch Empire Records but I just, I can't bring myself to do it. Oh, you know, we could use a reface app for the entire movie. Uh, 2020, you're good for something. You you gotta have something. Uh, What else we got here? We have, uh, oh man. Okay, so LA Comic Con. No, we're going to talk about this. They, they're they saying they're going to do it in person in December. Dude, we talked about New York Comic Con and how stupid they were for thinking they were going to do it. What the fuck is wrong with LA? A lot. I mean, I've I've heard a lot of stories about the company that runs that convention. I've been a, quite a few times now, and it's been through so many revamps. And the same, it's the same people who also do RuPaul's Drag Con, and being a vendor at that, I can tell you, they're disorganized. Yeah. <laughs> so I I just wonder if I don't know. I wonder a lot about them. <laughs> it's really odd. Like we're in such a bad place, and some states are. Just and Los fucking Angeles getting of all places too. Yeah. And like people fly in. People are gonna fly in from Wisconsin. Wisconsin right now. Wisconsin's doing and Florida where there's no mask mandate and they're gonna go to this con. Like, what the fuck? Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. It's just a such a clusterfuck. Why well, would they especially even if, you know Maui Comic Con? canceled and like how many cases are in Maui right now. Right. That was the responsible fucking thing to do. Kudos to the people who put on Maui Comic Con. Whoever whoever <laughs> they may that be. On. I don't know. <laughs> oh, our good good friend of the show, Alika. Yes, at Maui Comics and Collectibles. At Maui Comics and Collectibles. But wait, if I shout them out, then I have to shout out Secret Headquarters in Los Angeles, my favorite comic book store. <laughs> Sorry about Alika. Yeah, Die well, mad. <laughs> I want let's get those people on the show and talk to them about how they feel about LA Comic Con. Yeah, I, I'm not great, I'm sure. Well, they, they're also a very small operation, very liberal too. So I'm sure they're fucking losing it over there. Yeah, that's really dumb. Really, really dumb. Moving on. Speaking of COVID, I guess three <laughs> three crew members tested positive for COVID on the Scream movie. Go figure. Is it a good idea to get a bunch of people together? No. And, and at least one person is wearing a mask in that movie. Well, and it didn't stop filming the way that it's it shut down Batman. It didn't stop it because... Oh, because it's crew members. Right. They have it, like, they have people in different pods. So because it wasn't anybody that was fucking important. It wasn't the director, assistant director. It wasn't a cast member. It was somebody disposable, like, fucking who cares? Like, makeup or some shit. Like, that makes me so mad. So mad. So mad. Anyway, fuck that. Fuck them. So I don't know much about this, but I guess we should touch on the fact that Peacemaker is getting... His own series. Oh, yeah. Fucked up Captain America. Right. With John Cena. Do you like John Cena's acting? No, but I appreciate (laughs) the fact that he's doing stuff. I I appreciate a wrestler having some sort of longevity in their career where it doesn't include them breaking their body. Yeah, totally. They should ha- they should have like something for like football players, anyone who's <laughs> like really susceptible to like head contusions. We should have like a backup plan for them, like a well, farm for them to live on. Do you think? Do you think people who have shitty shitty careers that hurt their bodies, they should have a contingency plan? Hmm. I guess farm. so. A farm. <laughs> they should have a firm. 
instead of retiring, they're being sent to the farm. Yeah, like uh, like your dog. And, instead, and, and then when they win the Super Bowl, it's not, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> I'm going to the farm. <laughs> This is my fifth Super Bowl, so you know what happens, guys. I'm off to the farm. <laughs> this is my hundredth choke slam, so off to the farm I go. <laughs> time to time to practice on pigs now. Did you watch the latest episode of The Boys? I did. Good lord! You're gonna have to remind me what even happened in it because I. Feel this was like... the one where we uh, we went to the uh, the psychiatric ward. Oh shit. Oh, 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 speaking of that, the actor with the shaved head. Mm-hmm. Cindy, I believe. That did all the damage. Mm-hmm. is non-binary. Nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, sick. Also, uh, Iceman from X-Men. Also, the uh, the fire dude in The Boys. Yeah. Do you, know that, do you know that Iceman is gay? I Do you know that I don't remember the name of the fire dude from The Boys? I'm calling him fire dude. <laughs> what the fuck is my problem? Lamplighter. <laughs> Thank you. Also, when they <laughs> laughed at him when he came in with that getup. Oh, I love that scene. That because so good. So many superheroes have the most ridiculous costumes. And of course, people in real life would laugh at them. That was such a good scene. Take a seat. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> so good. And then the whole way that they kind of wrapped up the, you know, that he was the big bad, that Frenchie, again, I can't remember people's names. The fuck is wrong with me? That he had, you know, that was giving him so much guilt and that sort of he had the, you know, he had a full revelation when we hear everyone heard their sides <gasps> wait, of the story. This, oh, wait, no. The, the, the episode before is where we meet um, some of the butcher's family. <laughs> yes! <laughs> that was, and the, the whole dog plot, everything was so good. Everything was good. And then also this, this one we got to see, we got to see Liberty's daughter. Yeah, what a twist. And also like the final nail in Homelander's coffin, him becoming the face of the neo-Nazis. Oh, and then also uh, we got to see Starlight just straight up murder somebody. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Also the tension between A-Train and Stormfront. And Stormfront. I just like, completely forgot her name. I really, what, what I want is the, I mean, A-Train's kind of a, is a piece of garbage too, but you I know want. What? I was, I, I was funny because I was like defending A-Train to my husband the other day. And he's like, he straight up murdered his girlfriend. I was like, whoa, wait, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Because I keep thinking like, oh, A-Train's one of the least problematic of a seven. But I was like, no, actually, no, not at all. So I want to see A-Train and who's Frenchie's, the girl, the the, the girl who doesn't speak anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't recall her name. I want to see her and A-Train just straight up murder fucking Liberty. But how do you murder Liberty? She can take a fucking laser eye yeah. blast to the chest. We need to figure out what her, what her weak point is. And then also, how do you kill Homelander? So translucent, that was a pretty ingenious way of killing him since his skin was impenetrable. Yes. So I'm sure that, I'm sure they're going to fucking troubleshoot it. Huey's yeah. going to find a way. Yeah. I love Mother's Milk so much. I want him to hold me and tell me it's going to be okay. He's a good, he's, a, he's definitely a good father figure. Wait, wasn't this episode the one where Homelander brings in Maeve's significant other and you see a lot of like really fucked right. up double-sided hypocrisy when it comes to gay women? Like, but who's the man? Who's the, who's the mask one? We want like an Ellen and Portia type thing. That was the last... 
last episode, this episode, when when we saw uh, Maeve's girlfriend, she saw the footage of the airplane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was 747. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene was rough. Anyway, we really... I, we really went into that. There was a lot to unpack there. There is a lot. You watch Woke? Rose McIver is on Woke. Oh, Rose McIver. <laughs> mm, yes, from um, iZombie. Who I worked with a few... And you're forgetting how most people know her. Oh, from uh, Ever After? No, that's not the name of it. What's it Christmas called? Christmas Prince. Oh, Christmas Prince. No, I thought you were talking about... She's also plays Tinkerbell in the... Um... Once Upon a Time? Once. Yes. She also plays Tinkerbell once. in Once. Yeah. Oh my God, Christmas Prince. The Christmas? Yes. That was such a huge hit. That was... I totally fucking forgot about that. Anyway, iZombie <laughs> is... Amazing. And she's That's so lovely. Show. Worked there a few times at San Diego Comic-Con. And then when she came to Honolulu Comic-Con. See, the CW really has the corner on like just charmingly stupid enough <laughs> <laughs> to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, they really did a good job with that show, too. Everybody on that show is just really, really, really good. Really good. And honestly, I would try Brains and Robin. Right? I'm not opposed to it. Why not? So Woke. Woke, yes. So Rose is on Woke, which is kind of was my introduction to it. It's a Hulu show and it's got a pretty cool cast. It's got, it's, it's a pretty good show. I liked it. I did read something somewhere. Somebody said that they found it to be racist. Okay. It's not for me to say. You, I, know, who, you know who it was created by? I don't. Keith Knight. He's a cartoonist and he drew from real life. Yes. The name of the uh, main character is not Keith. It's Keith. Keith Knight. <laughs> I, I recommend Woke, but take it with a grain of salt because I did have some other, I've heard some people say that they did not uh, agree with it as much as I thought it was. People of color? I, you know, the thing is, is that I read, I read it, I went and watched it, and then I went back to try and find the thing that I had read. Couldn't find it. So I, 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 don't, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if it was someone white knighting or if it was an actual person of color that had an opinion. I have no idea. Fair enough. Yeah. Cynthia, you know what you need to do besides putting your hand in my pocket, putting your hand in your own pocket, retrieving your wallet, and going to your local comic book store because it's Comic Wednesday. Yay! You don't actually have to go there in person. Just just contact your comic book store clerk and say, hey, buddy, sport, old pal, please pull these for me. So every single Comic Wednesday, I have to say, you need to read the next Wonder Woman. And this next Wonder Woman is number 763 by our favorite, Mariko Tamakai. Yeah, you did it. Tamaki. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) By Mariko Tamaki. Yeah. Mariko. Oh, no. Now you're second guessing yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, please, please read Wonder Woman. It's great. We love her. You're going to love this one. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, number three. Number three. Number three. It's also the third issue of Chew. CHU of yeah. the CHEU fame. I can't tell you how much I love Chu. You read the first trade back, right? Mm-hmm. So it's funny too. Yeah. I love a funny comic book. I'm also going to divulge some of the December solicits to you, which are things that you can look forward to. It's like the big buying season. I'll just give you a couple ones that I'm excited about that you should look out for. Let's do it. Now, Batman, Catwoman, number one. And then there's this, like every week, on the dot, you're going to be getting a new Endless Winter special. And that includes Teen Titans, Justice League, all those guys. And that's going to be happening between December 1st and the 29th. 
I'm excited about the DC's very merry multiverse. Number Ooh, one. That's sounds fun. I, I love Christmas specials. I like hokey things. Give me all the hokey things. One of my best memories as a child was reading the Marvel Christmas issues. I, I will all, I will forever remember it was Thanos sitting in this big comfy like easy boy and um, Gamora's opening a doll, a lo- like a little green doll. <laughs> And it was so cute and way more wholesome than it should be. Right. And the caption is representation matters. That really fits in well with our it episode, does. actually. Thematically, we're on point. And then Catwoman Soul Stealer. And this mm. is a graphic novel. It's a trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Included in the trade pack paperbacks for DC is Nubia, the real one. And then we get an omnibus for Batgirl Returns. And Aquaman Volume 4, Echoes of a Life Lived Well. That's a trade paperback. And that's, of course, by our friend Kelly Sudaconic. Birds of Prey, Blood and Circuits, which is another trade paperback by the amazing and fantastic I Love You. Please, please come over. Let me rub your head, Gail Simone. <laughs> um, and then Scarlet Witch by James Robinson. That's a co- the complete collection. Oh. And then Marvel Verse, Captain Marvel, which is a graphic novel trade paperback and this is one that like really stood out to me from image that i think that you would like it's called homesick pilots mm. set in the 90s it's got a punk rock girl in it a little little spooky ooky and there's going to be new rat queens coming out number 24 fucking love rat queens if you're not reading if you're a fan of like world of warcraft D fantasy but you also would wish that there was more women involved and you agree that women could be as crass as men, that's your shit. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I found this really interesting too. The complete Emily the Strange, all things strange, trade paperback. But that's coming out in February. I don't know why it was in the December solicits, but I'm glad it was because now I know what's coming. And in sad news, I feel like this is the biggest news out of all the comic book news for me personally, is that Lumberjanes, the amazing series, is ending in December with... End of summer, number one. My kids are heartbroken over it. Let's just do some unpopular opinions. We have a lot of those. Which is ironically the most popular thing we do. (laughs) You want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. Okay, here's one for you. Having to open a present in front of someone is more stressful than the present is worth. (laughs) I mean, depending on what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, also like, if you have no poker face, you're going to really upset somebody. Like me. Like you. <laughs> Speaking of presents that no one wanted, you could hate Jar Jar all you want. But after I heard about all the backlash that the actor faced and how it almost led them to commit suicide, maybe everyone should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> the same thing happened with the, uh, the kid that played the kid Anakin, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that movie was... God, toxic Star Wars fans, man. And, you know, if you want to support episode one, I would recommend checking out the Star Wars Phantom Menace graphic novel adaptation that's coming out in December. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Which is kid-friendly, which is what that movie was supposed to be. It's the most kid-friendly of all, I think. Got pod racers. You got Mm -hmm. an actual kid as a lead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, no wonder everyone's shitting on it because it's not for them. (sighs) You're going to hate this one. I'm sorry. (laughs) The Lord of the Rings trilogy is just boring as hell. 
what the fuck is wrong with you? Just a snooze. I actually fell asleep during one of them when I saw them in the theater in Portland. Like, just a snooze. I feel like Gandalf was, like, poor cosplaying when he was Gandalf the Grey. Because then out of nowhere, he had, like, P. Diddy's white party robes on straightened hair it's not cheap to get to that silver either you know he has a great hair stylist but then he was I, I think it costs seventy thousand dollars is that how much hairstyling costs i think yeah, so. that's what it is god damn it <laughs> i won't right. stoop as low as comparing gandalf to him but he was a re- he was a right bitch in that trilogy he was a right bitch he was a right yeah. <laughs> also, like, Bilbo was r- relatively young. I know he's supposed to be 50, but, like, Hobbit's age differently. How dare you bring that poor little boy, that poor, that poor little gap-toothed boy into your mess? Not only are there issues to be had with it, but I just found it boring. Well, you'd be wrong. <laughs> That's why it's an unpopular opinion, my friend. <laughs> and also just dawned on me that Aragorn was the first ever Trustafarian. Like, this rich prince, he's all like, I'm, I'm just... Over here living off the land, <laughs> being mysterious and ooky, ooky, gooky. Get out of here. Get out of here and underneath my Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> he is hot, though. He is definitely the hottest. Okay. Anyway, on, <laughs> on that note, stop separating art from artists, mm. especially if the person's still alive. They can still benefit from you buying the movie, buying the book, buying the merchandise. And I'm specifically talking about our favorite, J.K. Rowling. She still exists. She's still putting out transphobic, hurtful commentary and books at this point. Yeah, it just keeps doubling down on it. I hate the trend that we're just pretending like she doesn't exist and she's not really the author of Harry Potter. Like, that's so cute. It's not fucking cute. You're still putting money in her coffers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about that. And I, I mean, maybe it's just easier for me to say because I don't give two shits about Harry Potter. That one hurt, man. I mean, I think we always knew to some degree. There's also racial connotations to her writing, and yeah, we can get into. But and then the, and then the editing of things and posts, like saying <laughs> saying Hermione's black, which would be great if Hermione's black, but they literally say that she's white in the book. So, like, why are you editing things to seem more woke when you're the most unwoke? And then Eddie Redmayne coming to her defense, and he he played a trans woman. He was my drinking buddy in the Dominican Republic. I love Eddie. I'm so sad about that. I was hoping you didn't see that because I didn't want to talk about it. And he may be a good person, but he needs to really reevaluate because he's playing both sides of it. Let's, yes, that was just it. In that, uh, I don't want to talk about this. In that one interview, he did play both sides of it. He said, let's not celebrate this. You're wrong. But then also in the same breath defended her. And it's just like, ugh. He's like one of those kumbaya people. And sometimes you just got to be like, kumbaya, kumbaya, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To that point, can we finally admit that Chris Pratt is done? Oh my God, canceled. Can we be done with Chris Pratt? Goodbye. I, I know it's this is a sad, unpopular opinion for me. I love Andy Dwyer. Star Lord yeah. is the Marvel equivalent of my husband, but it's got to be done. He's got to be over. He he is embodies the word himbo. Not him as a person. His character is like yeah. Andy. Andy's a total himbo. I know. He's Star Lord. Star Lord is a real is a big dummy. Yeah, I know, and it's sad because he's just gross. Anyway. Bye, Chris Ugh. Pratt. That's that knocks him way down on the Chris list. 
I, I think it's not the Chris, best. Chris, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, even Chris Evans. Poor Chris Evans and his oh. unplanned dick pic. He's not even. I would even put Ruth Chris of Chris Pratt at this point. <laughs> so Chris Pratt's canceled. I but I I do want to tell you something, and I'm really sorry. It's a very deep dark secret I've been keeping. Tell me. There's no safe place to tell it. I have baby Yoda fatigue. <laughs> Do I need to cuddle my baby Yoda while you say this? <laughs> I, I get the appeal. And for anyone out there just, just vying for the opportunity, the child. Okay, the child. Uh, no, 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 I have no, no, the no. child. Theme. I don't play to those people. Fatigue. That's motherfucking baby Yoda. <laughs> get out of here. I saw what you did at Rose Tycho. Get out of here. Yeah, we all know that it's not really Yoda, but fuck you, it's baby Yoda. <laughs> it's baby Yoda. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's adorable. Uh-huh. Cute. We like uh-huh. it. We like the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I just heard that Pedro is not coming back for the second season. Did you hear those rumors that he actually quit during mid-season, and so they have somebody else in the in the in the getup? What? That's a rumor. I don't think it's true, but yeah. And that transphobe. Ugh. So we're losing Tina. Pedro, but we're keeping the transphobe. Come the fuck on! I think they should just cast J.K. Rowling as the <laughs> <laughs> like, but really make and, her bulk and, up. And, I, and then Chris Pratt can play Baby Yoda. <laughs> No. So to your, again, I've got a counter to that. Uh, not a counter, but I have an, uh, an add-on. You can't even reach the counter. Yeah, I am baby Yoda. Uh, <laughs> I, on the other hand, am buying all the baby Yoda merch as though I'm contractually obligated to. Like, fucking, I can't stop buying baby Yoda maybe shit. You, maybe you should try a personality. Fucking hand sanitizer, <laughs> fucking unappealing yeah, cereal. Give it to me. Wait, you have baby Yoda hand sanitizer? Yeah, and the fucking cereal. I was like, this looks disgusting. I'm going to buy it. I have a problem with baby Yoda. Like, I think maybe it was the initial, like, they kept it such a good secret that when it came out and I saw The Mandalorian the day it started and I was surprised by it because no one had the chance to ruin it for me. I was so blown away by it that I think that that initial, like... Because representation matters. And small people. people, I'm small. It opened my heart up a little bit. I was like, oh, I've got, I do have love in there. I do. <laughs> I, I love, I love this. I love him. I feel like Baby Yoda is your Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You're putting oh. way too much on its shoulders. Oh, it can handle it though. It's got the force. <laughs> anyway. Ruth Baby Yoda'sburg. Oh. I don't want to talk about Ruth. Let's, Let's not. On. No. Let's not talk about Ruth. We can't because there's so much to unpack there and I don't want to. Cynthia. Yeah. I find dolphins absolutely terrifying. They're rapey. And they're too smart. They're too smart. Yeah. I don't like it. So and come to Hawaii and we'll go swimming with them. <laughs> please, please don't subject me to that. Okay. Uh, how about shitting and clean drinking water is not only weird, but it's a weird flex on third world countries. Oh my God. We do. do that. I was like, who does that? I was like, we do that. <laughs> wow. That just blew your mind. <laughs> That's a thinker. The thinker about a stinker. <laughs> a thinker about a stinker. All right. I hate that this is an unpopular opinion, but I have to say it. No one's trying to make your kids gay by including gay characters in shows. Gay kids exist. It's good to represent them. End story. We should say that over and over again until it's a fucking popular opinion, because that's... Well, that's you know a- who, who the, the latest victim of harassment for gay characters is, right? From the Owl House? The Owl House. Yeah. yeah. Our dear friend Charlie who wrote The Owl House. I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know what? Watching straight characters growing up didn't make me any less bi. <laughs> there are a lot of gay people in the world and most of the media is straight. I don't 
think that it's influencing anybody anywhere at any time. Unless it's influencing them to stay in the closet because they don't see themselves represented, which sucks. We don't need that. We don't want that. All right. Should I hit you with it? Oh my God. The rest of mine are, this just gets dumber from here. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine should be legalized. We're out here drinking four (laughs) shots of espresso (laughs) with a five hour energy chaser and tanking monster and Red Bulls all day. Why? There's a more efficient way. Yeah, I have no, I know nothing about cocaine. It's awful, but I think it's funny because we do try and replicate that high we were, were like, everybody's trying to get that high just on all these fucking energy drinks. And they talk about it in Woke. In Woke, this guy makes a powder version of an energy drink. And everyone's like, dude, you're just selling fucking cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what made me think, oh, fucking A, man. That is, we're all just trying to replicate that high. Basically what it is, yeah. Beer mm. is just wheat-flavored LaCroix. Ooh, disgusting. I I do too. (laughs) I got a good one with that. I got a good pairing. All right. Box wine is fucking where it's at. I'm so glad you have seen the light. Box wine is where it's at. I'm the only drinker in the house. And every time I buy a bottle of wine, it freaking goes bad. But guess what? Box wine, 30 fucking days. 30 days of wine. 30 (laughs) days. It's like Jesus. I got four bottles to drink in 30 days, bitches. 30 days of wine. I am very excited about my box wine. It is delish. It lasts a long time. I have, it won't go bad. I have got guests. Not now it's COVID, but if I had guests, I could offer them wine. Isn't it easier to open? It's the tip. And dispense. It's the best. They should make a powdered wine. <laughs> I will tell you. Yeah. In all seriousness. Okay. Carol Baskins was the least worst part of Tiger King. She was the least troublesome, yeah. At least she was trying to do some good. I don't and you know, it doesn't even matter to me if she killed her husband or not. She's not putting nearly as much evil out into the world as the other guys were. I agree. I agree. So she's on Dancing with the Stars right now. Did you know that? I can't keep up with Dancing with the Stars and the oh. Masked Singer, like these these things. Of course, man. she danced to What's New Pussycat. <laughs> the first wow. episode of that season, Dawn, her husband's family, didn't add with a lawyer looking into like an inquiry if anyone knows anything about his disappearance. They aired um, it. They aired it during Dancing with the Stars. I, I just find it very sexist that uh, we're going to listen to this disgusting animal abuser and misogynist. The takeaway is that, oh, this bitch killed her husband. So, Well, yeah. Well, the fact that we even are, are like putting Joe Exotic on a pedestal is really gross to me. Like, yes, he's wacky. He seems like a character and, and larger than life. But like, why are we celebrating him? And why are we believing what he's saying? It's ridiculous to me. I think I have two more. Me too. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with vanilla ice cream is not an acceptable flavor to claim as your favorite. It's a non-flavor. Vanilla is not a flavor. It's the absence of flavor. And you, sir, are boring. Good day. Wait a minute. I mean, technically, you could take vanilla out of ice cream and then it would just be. Don't, oh, don't, don't pick it apart. Milk. Don't pick it apart. <laughs> just nod your head. Because, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Okay, vanilla bean is a flavor, blah, also, blah, blah. But it's the, it's, it's the flavor with which you add things to cookies, M&M, caramel. Yeah. Honestly, like, you could single out the vanilla flavor and 
taste it, but when you add it to things, like it's really not anything. It's the absence of flavor. I'm it's sorry. It's not, ex- it's not acceptable as a, as an that answer. That sounds good. like a bad 90s perfume ad. The absence of flavor. Ice cream. <laughs> Vanilla. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it because you brought up the bad idea comments to me earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I just was a little perturbed okay. by their business model. I got major boomer vibes. They said that they're, they're not going to have digital comics and not going to do trade backs. Only single issue will be direct to the comic book sellers. And I'm sure that is good for a lot of comic book stores. But like, let's be honest. We're trying to make comic books accessible to the, to the majority of people, right? which means making it digital and doing tradebacks. It's my preferred way of reading comic books now, to be honest. You're paying $3.99 per issue when you could pay $10 for an entire volume. I get it if you're a collector. I really do. And I was a collector at one point, but now I'm just like, I just want to read my stuff and support the people. And I don't want my face to get damaged. I don't want to overpay. And to be fair, single issues, that is a lot. There's like anywhere between like 25, 32 pages in it. But it's like, to me, it's like not being able to binge a show, like them giving me the boys like one episode at a time. I'm like, the fuck? Yeah, I do think there's there's a natural progression to, to trade backs, just like there is with streaming things. I, to be fair, I don't really get digital comics that much, to be honest. I haven't read a lot of digital comics. I guess I, I, I am a little bit of a boomer in that way where I don't really, I don't listen to audiobooks. I don't read ebooks. I always refer to the actual copy. Yeah, good for you. I I'm I'm big on audiobooks because I just listen to them in the car, like podcasts. Like I, you know, fair enough. I actually have two more. I'm gonna hit you with them both. Boom, boom. Okay. Okay. Ryan Gosling is not attractive, and therefore <laughs> isn't deserving of the "Hey Girl" meme craze. I remember him being attractive to me when I was younger, but not so much now. Remember? Was it? Remember the Titans? You don't remember. I don't. Remember. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. <laughs> he was in that, and I and I remember thinking like, "Ooh, it was like a Justin Timberlake type type man." I have surmised since hearing the news of how salty Joss Whedon was about James Marster's spike character and Buffy that that very uncomfortable scene we all know what it was in Buffy Baldy Spike and Buffy happened just because Joss was feeling vindictive and wanted to tank the character. Because it literally, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And we can't just girl and refrigerate, woman and refrigerate the protagonist of the show. You can't fridge her? You can't fridge her. Yeah. I forget that there's a verb for that. That's a strong theory. Going back to your other unpopular opinion, I... Joss, man. Fuck Joss Whedon. It's, and like, and of course, what do I do? I'm like, fuck Joss Whedon. Hey, oh, husband, you haven't watched Cabin in the Woods? Oh, hey, uh, let's. you haven't seen Buffy? Let's fucking stream it. I can't stop it. <laughs> Somebody stop I can't, me. I can't quit you. I can't quit you. Some real sour note to end on. Masters of the Obvious is brought to you by Little Shop of Gore. Cynthia, can I tell you how much I love Little Shop of Gore? Please tell me how much you love Little Shop of Gore. The spookiest, the ookiest, my favorite horror shop. You know what I especially like about it? Mm. They're a couple that got their start in the FX industry. Love it. Everything that they make is made with such expertise and and love and care. You could just tell they just really, they're so into horror. They're so into pop culture that there's just a little bit of love in every product. Where can we find them? You can find them at Little Shop of Court 
shopofhorror.com and at little shop of horror on Instagram. And you can actually buy something from their site and plug in our code MOTO, M-O-T-O, for 13% off your entire purchase. 13%? That's the spookiest. The ookiest. The kookiest. So check out Little Shop of Gore. Our guest on the pod today is senior designer at Mattel, who helped bring the first gender-neutral doll line, Creatable World, to life, Linda Zhang. Thank you for being here, Linda. Thank you for having me. I'm, I am super excited that you're here today. <laughs> We're We've both been, excited. I'm so honored you guys asked me. Aww. Oh my God. Yeah. You're doing amazing things. Like what you've worked on is literally everywhere. And that's amazing. It's really cool seeing something that like I work so hard on come to life, but also to have it in stores where like kids can buy it and play with it. I think that part is like the most rewarding and the coolest part of my job, the designing part and like, cool, I got something from 2D to 3D. That's just like the everyday of my life. But for you to reach out to me and tell me how much it meant to your kid and how meaningful it was to them, it was so touching. Like, I remember waking up and I got your message and I just cried. Oh, I really appreciate just the love and passion you have for what you do. It's just amazing. Thank you. So I guess since we're already talking about the Creatable World dolls, what was that process like for you? How did the idea come about? What was the process from conception to store shelf? I work at Mattel and Mattel is the company that manufactures Creatable World dolls. And we also um, have Barbie and Hot Wheels and Little Mommy and Polly Pocket and a bunch of other toys. But for Barbie specifically, they've always been at the very forefront of evolution, like trying to just make the line as inclusive as it can be. And once they launched Project Dawn, which had Barbie dolls of different body types, the next step was, okay, well, what else can we do to make our products more inclusive and more diverse? And that's how Creative World kind of came to be because we looked at the white space in the toy market and we compared it to a consumer base that hadn't been served through toys that we make because as you know like if you go well back when you could go shopping in toy stores or just stores alone the toy owls were like gendered and I think uh, recently they moved away from that but even then you can still like oh this was designed a girl or this was designed for a boy just within the design itself like no matter where you place a product in whatever aisle from someone who is creative you can always see that all these toys are designed with the gender construct in mind and through our research we confirmed that like they didn't want their toys to be dictated by gender norms we had this concept of what this doll could be and what a gender neutral doll could look like. Mm -hmm. And that's when we took it into testing and we met with consumers, took it all across the country really, and asked these kids and parents what they had to say about this toy. And it was actually tested with 250 families across seven states. Wow. Including 15 children who identify as transgender, non-binary and or gender fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, And it tested so positively with them. It was like the first time that they saw themselves in a doll that could transform and be dressed up and like be styled to look like them. Mm -hmm. And the possibilities really were endless. 
because there's so many ways that you can play with a doll and like create it in a million different ways. But once we took it through a lot of testing, we, you know, we're moving forward with it. But the design process, I have like a pretty short amount of time from like designing to like making it into real life because at the same time, all these different parts are moving. So as I'm working on the sculpt, I'm also working with my soft goods partner on the fashions. Like I'm designing the fashion, working with my sample makers, like making that into a physical sample for me to try on while I'm choosing colors, fabric material, checking the fit of this body sculpt that hasn't yet been finalized. And on top of that, checking the shoes as well. And so it's a lot of dressing, redressing a very delicate model, making sure that mm. all these pieces will look good together. And it's just, I had to learn how to be really fluid. I think I'm pretty organized, but working on this brand and how every piece fluctuated, I had to be organized and fluid. I think one of the challenges I had designing this was even though a lot of people are open to the idea of a gender neutral doll, most people, they still haven't broken the gender binary in their brain. So when they look at something that is a masculine silhouette, but it's in a feminine color, they'll say that it's too feminine, too quote girly. But really, mm-hmm. it's just that it's in pink or it's in warm, honestly, warm tone is what I learned that most people will categorize as it being girly and cool tones is what people will categorize as being um, more masculine. That was one of the challenges I faced. It's so strange how ingrained that is in people's minds that it like nowhere scientifically <laughs> doesn't say that those things are masculine or feminine. Society has, has just crammed that into our heads for forever. Yeah. And even just hair length too. It mm-hmm. was like, I don't know why boys can't have long hair. <laughs> And why that's such a big deal, too. Because people want those gender markers so that they know what gender you are, but it's so irrelevant. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. And none of those things have gender. None Mm -hmm. of them. I I thought it was really interesting, too, for our listeners that haven't seen the Creatable World dolls. They're very mix and match. So you have, you know, tops, bottoms, shoes, accessories, even removable hair. And to have all that mixed and work together must have been incredibly difficult. It really was because at one point I only had like one prototype that was printed out and it was super delicate too. So if I accidentally overstressed a joint, it would just crack and break. You can like see all the creative world pieces and then imagine having all that and then trying every combination, making sure that like if you had all the sets and you tried on this shirt with those pants and these shoes, how would that work? Oh. Well, wait, so they're they're all supposed to work together, not just for each doll? The doll is like one canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, the, all the clothes can work together. So if you had like an overall, like a pair of overalls from one doll and you had a t-shirt from another or you wanted to put the skirt over the overalls because you're just feeling kooky that day, <laughs> you are, you, you could totally do it. I thought it was complicated just making that many variations for one doll, but apparently... <laughs> All of, oh, wow. I'm even more impressed now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. And, oh, and if I change the color of one piece in just the set, I would have to change all the colors to make sure that everything would work. Wow. Because it's not like I could just take something out and be like, I'm going to make this from orange to blue. It's like, okay, but how many blue pieces do I have? What materials am I using? Um, does it all work together? 
That's so cool. (laughs) This is something that is so near and dear to my heart. And I loved it so much. The way that everyone had like supported me, even as I was like, I'm I'm rushing them. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a pain in your ass. I would like it this way. And they were always so kind and they saw my vision and they helped me get there Mm -hmm. um, no matter how many times it took. So for sculptors, I had Sean almost who did the face. I had Kataya Wong Chinda who did the body. My software team, oh my God, I think I had about 15 sample makers on that or seamstresses. But Carolina um, was my main person. She like sat through every fitting with me. She like tried on each piece of clothing with me as well. I think people forget how similar doll making is to like the fashion world. You're talking about fittings and seamstresses. Mm-hmm. You really don't think yes. about that when you're playing with a toy or when you buy one for your kid. How many people are behind yeah. it? Because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just like a product. But there's yeah. with a fashion doll, it's actually, this is like more complicated because There's so many different materials in there, too. And everything had to work together. Oh, my hair designers, Shirley and Carol, they helped me design the hairstyles and make sure that it would work in a prototype. Which had a lot of layers to it, too, because you had like a base hairstyle, then you have the wigs that would go over them. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a doll like (laughs) that before. It's really remarkable. It was a lot of fun, like working on this closely with both Shirley and Carol. One thing that you can actually do with the doll is that if you put it on, the doll will have bangs. Like if you just put the wig cap on without styling it, Mm -hmm. um, the doll will have a long hairstyle with bangs. And if you take it off, you can actually brush back the bangs and then tuck it under the wig cap if you wanted a doll without bangs. That's so cool. You you literally thought of everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like each and every detail, I thought about how I would have played with it as a kid and how other kids would play with it. And this is like these small, tiny little details, like just to help a child enhance their storytelling, like if they wanted to create a doll that looked like them or Mm -hmm. someone else in their life, they're totally able to with like the amount of options within Creative World. That's so cool. Yeah. Also, while we're on the subject of making, you know, toys more inclusive, obviously you were saying that there was a hole in the market for, you know, gender neutral representation. Like why for you personally is representation important? I think everyone deserves to live their life authentically and genuine without being scared or being judged by their choices or by who they are. It's really important for me to have designed this line because I also really wanted to celebrate the everyday beauty that I saw in the people in my life, people that I don't see being represented in dolls or in doll form, the kids that I grew up with. So I thought it was extremely important for the people in my life, whether or not they have kids. Like, I'm sure there are lots of people like that. I wanted kids to be able to see themselves in something and be like, I can, I can make this whatever I want. Not like, oh, well, I guess, I guess this is me. This looks like me, but I don't know if I like any of those things. Does that make sense? That was very Yeah. Weird. No, that totally <laughs> makes sense. And, and also something that's amazing about the line that you worked on is even if you put aside the fact that it's gender neutral, it is racially diverse too, and you know showcases natural hair textures and 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 hair colors and things that you don't really see in dolls very often. Just months before 
Riot was customizing Barbie dolls to, to look like them and fit their aesthetic. And then they got a hold of the actual Creative World dolls. And Ani was all like, oh, my God, it has a safe, safe side just like you. And Riot's like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. I love it so much. It is something special about, I mean, I feel this as a parent too. And for someone who like makes things for kids is just seeing what it means to to children and almost is like, almost heals something, your inner child in a way. Yeah. It, oh, wow. You really said it. It's, it's cathartic. It totally does. <laughs> it totally does. Wow. I need to like, after this, I'm going to think about my childhood and what this Don't has to for hard. me. think too hard. It's kind of a little bit of a downer, but uh, I mean, hopefully you're I, too much of a downer. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Creative World is something that you're very proud of. Are there any other projects that you are particularly proud of? Yes, actually, it's because I was listening to your podcast recently. I really enjoyed working on the WWE Superstar Fashion Doll line. Yeah, That was actually hey. super fun. Cynthia's, super, <laughs> Cynthia's ears just perked up. She was asleep this entire time. And then you mentioned WWE. <laughs> like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> now, did they, did each of the wrestlers come in and then you did a, you know, you had, you had to like mock up their bodies or debris just sent photos like how did that work stop being a perv cynthia did you touch them all because <laughs> i've touched them all <laughs> they're oh my gosh so i to be honest like i was i didn't even know female wrestling existed before this line oh wow um i'm not into sports female period. wrestling like, was my sexual awakening <laughs> i was like why do i like wrestling so much and then i was like oh that's why <laughs> But yeah, I didn't know until this line, like other designers had worked on it. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. And then once I started designing for it, I, what, like, I fell in love with it once I went to a live event because nothing beats a live event, like a sporting event. I hate watching sports like on TV because you just don't feel that energy. Wrestling events is like <laughs> so enamoring. Like, I don't know how to explain it because it's been a while since I talked about wrestling or wrestling events. But, oh, man, I miss going to wrestling events. But there's something about the fans. Like, they're really excited and they're super passionate. And it's so much fun, like, sitting next to, like, really passionate fans. And then you just, like, banter back and forth, like, who your favorite is and why. I don't think it's that dissimilar from, from like, a drag like a drag fan base either. <laughs> right? Because it's all personas and outfits and... Mm-hmm. And shade, a lot of shade being thrown. Oh yeah, <laughs> so much shade. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> different type of physical activities. Yeah, unless you're, you're meeting on first, <laughs> yes. then it's full contact. Then it's full contact. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that that must have been so much fun. How long ago was, was that? Oh my gosh, uh, 2016. I want to okay. say that was when I was working on it. There's like a little bit of overlap when I was working on the WWE and Creative World. So it was like fully <laughs> two different worlds. I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> I want an actual crossover of Creative World and WWE. I want some buff non-binary <laughs> dolls, please. Some buff Let tech. me just scribble that into my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Riot, Riot got a hold of my like arm weights. They've been pumping iron. It's not making any difference at all. But they're like, oh, uh, I'm so sweaty. Just had to work out. I'm like, cool, good for you. <laughs> I'm gonna oh smash God. some transphobes in later. It's no big deal. Um, 
Is there, is there any like other kind of weird or fun uh, projects that you worked on? For them, I loved working on one of a kind for WWE. That was yeah. a lot of fun to work on. Just like looking through historical events and why this character was so beloved and the history of them was something that I loved like looking into because obviously I didn't grow up with wrestling but I loved seeing like oh fans are super like in love with this character from this time I want to know why and then I'll you know go into the archive of the internet and like look them up and we actually get some of like their old costumes for our like toy fair showroom I think one time we got yeah we got like a I think we got a Ric Flair like robe one Ooh. that was beautiful Ooh. that's so cool and then we got a macho was man security cameras because i would have tried that on <laughs> 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 they're not and well i well actually there are security guards walking around but i really wanted to try it on but the one i wanted to the most was the macho man one i can't remember exactly what year it was it's been a while but it was like black and kind of torn up with like white graphics on it Nice. That was the one I wanted to try on so, so badly. Good. Oh man, he's so well, fun. he's the fringe king too. He is the fringe. Yeah. King. Every time oh. I see fringe now, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not. I can't not associate it with him. Oh my god. <laughs> so are you uh, are you working from home now? Is is everyone at Mattel working from home now? Yes, we're yeah. working from home, which is kind of odd because I miss I miss like. We work on product, which is, like, physical. Mm-hmm. So I miss, like, going and, like, seeing all of my partners, like, my hair designers, my face painters, my sculptors, and my seamstresses. It's a real collaborative process, right? Yeah, it's super collaborative. And, like, we work together as a team. And I miss seeing them. I miss yeah. seeing my team that, like, bring things to life with me. We're going to rename this a sad cast. Sad cast. Sad cast. <laughs> Let's talk about what we've lost this week. <laughs> What we've lost this week, I was going to say sanity. I thought you said the Kennedys. I'm like, that's not news. <laughs> we lost, lost a while ago. There's this, there's this audio on TikTok that's really popular. We're like, nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. <laughs> and it always makes me laugh. I think we're contractually bound to mention TikTok every episode. Every episode. <laughs> we just did. Oh, Robert Pattinson too. What are your thoughts, Linda? <laughs> So how um, we always end up talking about Robert Pattinson. <laughs> what are my thoughts on him? I don't know. Like, I don't, I didn't see it. When I was in school, like, all the girls loved Robert Pattinson. And I just didn't see it. Like, like I didn't understand people going boy crazy for anybody, period. Mm-hmm. I think he's Batman, right? He's yeah, Batman. he's Batman now. I think that's going to be interesting. So I'm excited to see that. I would like to see his take on that because he's very like moody and broody. It, it honestly right? seemed like perfect casting to me. Yeah, so that would be fun. Because I care just as little about Batman as I do about Robert. Actually, I care more about Robert now. <laughs> he's he's honestly very fascinating, and I can't look away. Have you? What have you been up to since you've been spending more time at home? Trying to bake during quarantine. I was like, well, this is going to be my hobby now. Now that I can't see anybody, the first time I was baking bread. I like turned on the oven and this was like at three in the morning. <laughs> I also have like really shitty sleeping habits or like a sleeping pattern. And I like turned on my oven and literally within five minutes I was like, oh fuck. I haven't turned on an oven since 2014. Oh shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh no, like, I don't, I don't know how the thing works. Like, what if it explodes? I think the last time I turned on an oven was to make shrinky dinks. 
<laughs> I feel you. Oh, I love I feel making you. those. Right? Yeah, those <laughs> are great. Fun. Yes. You would have you would have loved my craft club when it was still around. I ran it for like five years and it was only femme identifying people. And we just mm-hmm. it was like every month we would have somebody host a meeting of like whatever their skills are and teach us it. But one one time it fell on me and I have no real skills. So I was like, we're making trinketings. <laughs> Strap in, girls. Yeah. And what are you talking about? You have so many skills. You make so many amazing things. I, like I want a pom-pom jacket. I do a lot of things, but none of them really well. I figure if I if I do enough things, I can give the illusion that I'm talented. As long as you don't focus too much, you don't look too hard or zoom in. This really is a downer podcast, man. This is the sad cast. (laughs) Sad cast. I I think our last, we've had like a couple really prominent like comic book people on the podcast and then we'll do an intro for it. We're just being, just being dumbasses and then it'll be released. We're like, oh, I wonder if they're going to be embarrassed by that. (laughs) Yeah, we never take anybody into account until afterwards. We're like, oh shit. I'm pretty sure I said I wanted Steve Buscemi to sit on my face. (laughs) (laughs) You think they're going to feel weird about that? (laughs) I mean, they did sign up to be a guest on your podcast. Like I knew what I was getting into. If they didn't do the research, that's on them. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we'll do it. Wait, I'm going to do a fun question though. Yeah, do it. Okay, okay. I'm going to do some fun questions. Bring it up. Bring it up. <laughs> Come on, bring it back up. Um, what is your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word. I don't even know if it's a real word, but caucasity. Yeah. <laughs> the caucasity of it all. <laughs> I picture yeah. Skeletor saying it. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Cynthia and I came in hard with our caucasity. It's new. She said it. <laughs> Yay. I love you guys That's are us. super excited about that, too. We're so excited about our caucasity. <laughs> it's about us. <laughs> so oh. relatable. We love it. <laughs> I love it. Stupid. <laughs> well, um, I think you know that covers that covers all the bases. I really enjoyed talking to you, Linda. Well, thank you. I enjoyed talking with you guys. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Do you want to tell our audience where they can find you online? You can find me on Instagram at little dot Linda. The cutest name. <laughs> Love it. We did it. We sure did, buddy, old pal. Oh, Scoob. Thank you so much to our guest, Linda Young. What a fucking delight. Check out our website, mastersoftheobvious.com, for new episodes, news, and merch, and our Instagram, at Masters of the Obvious, Facebook, at Masters of the Obvious, and Twitter, at Masters of the O. And if you'd like to be a patron of our show, you can go to contribute.mastersoftheobvious.com. And if you'd like, We'll even mention you on the show. But if you want to remain anonymous, we understand. We'll even put you in a protection program. We don't want to be associated with us either. Please, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for listening. And we love you, like, a lot. Put your hand in my pocket. I'll show you how much. I'll show you how much news I got. Okay, I'll show you how much I like you. Put your hand in the bucket. <laughs>
Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs>